Welcome back to another episode of the Unlearning Podcast. My name is Ashley Lynn Hanks, and I am your host, your guide, and your biggest cheerleader on your unlearning journey. Today's episode is a part of a series of episodes I am doing this spring called Pleasure and Purity. Today, I share my own coming out journey as well as some tips and advice on what to do if you are planning on coming out in the near future. I would love to hear about your coming out journey and any additional advice or tips that you think might be helpful. As always, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Ashley L. Hankst or visit me on the interwebs at AshleyLHankst.com. Okay, so let's get started. First thing first, when you are thinking about coming out as a gay, lesbian, asexual, trans, queer person, when you're thinking about coming out, I want you to remember Andrew Janey's words. You cannot tell a flower when to bloom. You cannot make yourself come out. You cannot force yourself to have this conversation if you're not ready, or at least you shouldn't force yourself. If you are struggling with whether or not to come out of the closet, please be patient. Give yourself the gift of time and compassion. No one should ever have to fear this conversation. The risk that is involved is not fair. It's not okay. There are many people who risk so much in the coming out process. They risk losing their entire community, their sense of belonging, and ultimately their sense of safety. If that is where you find yourself today, please, please do what's best for you. We cannot force ourselves to bloom. It's just not the right way things are supposed to happen. They'll happen at the right time. I want to encourage you to trust God with this process and with the right timing. I can say from personal experience, when you trust your heavenly mother, father, heavenly creator with the timing, it will be a much more positive experience. Now, as a kid, I was obsessed with the show Doug on Nickelodeon. I thought Doug Funny was so cool. I especially loved that he kept a journal. And so for the majority of my life, I have kept a journal. For years, I would write down prayers for other people, for their health and well-being. I would often pray for their salvation, especially for my unsaved friends. And and sometimes I would pray for my own sexual purity. Uh, Sometimes I would ask God to forgive me in my prayers, to forgive me specifically for my unclean thoughts about women. Occasionally, my mother would violate my privacy and go through my belongings, including my private journals, and she would confront me asking me in a tone of extreme disgust if I was a lesbian. I would always deny it and say that I was sorry. And as soon as I, and as soon as I was no longer in trouble, I would go back to just simply silencing this very real part of me, asking for forgiveness in my prayer journal. But as I got older and as I got into my early twenties, I discovered the show, The L Word. (laughs) So in case you've never heard of it, The L Word is a groundbreaking lesbian drama that was on Showtime in the early 2000s. It was and remains an incredibly influential show for sapphic women. It's definitely a reflection of the times, and so I wouldn't go back and watch some of the scenes again today, or I wouldn't even recommend it to you today because some scenes are so problematic. But in the early 2000s, it was an amazing show. It was so wonderful how much the L word represented the lives of lesbian women. Not all, but some. 
Naturally, I binged through all of the seasons rather quickly. And when I finally came to this magical moment in season five, where the two main characters, Bet and Tina, reconcile and get back together, I came to a place in my heart where I seriously felt like if this was wrong, if the love that Bet and Tina shared was wrong, then life simply wasn't worth living. At the time, I also had a huge crush on this woman at work, not realizing it was a crush. I just had these like intense feelings about her where I just wanted to be with her and protect her and care for her and, and make her laugh. She was such a good coworker that I recommended her for a promotion. And when she left, I felt really, really sad. So much so that after work, I would get in my car and put on Leanne Rhymes and put on that song, I Need You, and I would put it on repeat and just weep. It was such a huge loss that I just did not understand. I remember crying and just not understanding why I was so emotional about this woman's promotion, about her leaving. But after watching The L Word, especially the storyline with Jenny, my experience with my work crush began to really make sense. And the lyrics to I Need You made a lot of sense. When I made those connections and I came out to myself, I literally laughed out loud in tears, of course, but I laughed because I was so into her because I was gay (laughs) and I am a lesbian. And the L word helped me to understand that that was okay, that more than okay, that that was a gift from God and not something to be ashamed of. And all of the Bible verses on marriage that I had memorized in youth group growing up, they all finally made sense to me, especially the Ephesians 5 passage where Paul instructs husbands to love their wives as Christ loved the church. That call to sacrificial love finally made sense to me when I gave myself permission to be who I am. And so I came out. I told my mother and she was pretty upset that I was going to make this very dirty secret very public. At the time, I could not argue for LGBT inclusion theologically. I very much avoided what we call the clobber passages, but I just knew in my heart that this was okay. And I didn't need the Bible to make me believe in God's love. I just knew it was true from what I consistently felt in my spirit. And that all happened because of the show, The L Word. You see, prior to watching The L Word, I would have repented of my feelings for my coworker. I would have stayed deeply ashamed, and I probably would have gained another 15, 30 pounds eating my pain. But I'm really glad I came out. Looking back, those coming out conversations were the first steps in my own journey of liberation and in my own deconstruction. When I came out, I lost a lot. At the time, I was going to Shepherd's Church in Cary, North Carolina, and I loved hearing Stephen Davies preaching. I found a wonderful community in their college ministry. But after I came out, I knew I could no longer go back because my family was already asking for prayer, for people to pray my gay away. I lost my mother's respect. I lost the pride that came from being a good daughter and a good granddaughter who did what she was told. But I also lost a lot of shame. In coming out of the closet, I let go of this toxic shame around my sexuality. And in doing so, I received back a part of myself 
that I had kept away, locked away for so long. I gained a sense of wholeness, a sense of belonging, even if only to myself that I, I, hadn't, I didn't have prior to that. I ultimately felt alive, like I was being my truest self for the very first time. Now, it is totally normal to be afraid of coming out. And it is normal and okay to stay in the closet. I don't want you to hear that you have to come out in order to feel this kind of freedom and belonging. Sometimes people stay in the closet for reasons that have nothing to do with fear or judgment. Many queer people, especially older queer people, stay in the closet for very personal reasons having to do with privacy. Because the reality is what you do and who you love in the privacy of your own home is no one else's business. You can choose to share or not to share as much of yourself as you'd like. God loves you all the same. But for those of you who are listening, who do want to come out, in the next few moments of this show, I want to offer up to you some advice. If you're thinking about coming out to your friends and family, I want to encourage you to start spending time now with other LGBTQIA people. Get involved in an LGBT center. Make deep friendships with queer people before you come out, even if they aren't Christian. You see, faith and sexuality are often understood as two polarizing identities. As a queer Christian, you live in this tension, and that's okay. But other people may not want to meet you there. Don't worry so much about bridging that gap just connect, just find community, spend some time with out and proud LGBT people, regardless of what they do and do not believe. Most people will be totally okay with you being in the closet. They understand as long as you do not ask them to be in the closet with you. It's important to understand that coming out is an announcement, not a conversation. So when you have that coming out conversation with your parents or your friends, You're not there to argue with them about being LGBTQIA. You're not there to persuade them that it's okay to be trans or asexual. You are there to share a very real and important part of who you are in hopes of continuing your relationship in a healthy and honest way. When I told my mother I was gay, she responded in a negative way. And so I walked out. When I told other relatives, they also said some hurtful things. My American grandmother warned me against becoming a dirty, butch lesbian. You see, I did not debate with my relatives. I simply pulled out of the conversation as soon as I could because my sexuality is not a conversation. Their sexuality is not a conversation. I don't debate over whether my parents are straight or or over the sexual habits of my grandparents. It's incredibly crass to try to justify discussing something so personal, so casually. Coming out is not a conversation. It's a declaration. If you make coming out a conversation and open it up to things like, so what do you think about me being gay? You are opening yourself up to the shock and oftentimes toxic beliefs of others. The best thing you can do is let someone know and then step away. Give them time to process because Even if someone is anti-gay, giving them time will hopefully allow them to frame their response in a way that is at least respectful. So here are some other tips and suggestions I have. Again, these are merely suggestions, not a list of progressive ultimatums. 
Just think about these things as you process and think through your own life and your own coming out conversation. I want to encourage you to ground yourself in a deep understanding of God's love. Spend some time reading the gospel of Luke and John and memorize those verses on God's love because God's love for you, your creator's love for you is true, regardless of what you do and do not believe and regardless of how your creator created you. I firmly believe that your sexuality is a gift from God. I was reading the gospel of John chapter three in my quiet time the other day. And John the Baptist said this, a man cannot receive anything unless it has been given him from heaven. I love that. That's John three twenty seven. I love that. Your sexuality and your gender expression is a gift from heaven. Dwell on that quote unquote biblical reality. And I hate using the word biblical, but God's unconditional for love for you is biblical and it's rooted in the person and work of Christ as outlined in the gospels. So let that sink in. You are a gift from heaven and it would serve you well to dwell on that reality as you think through your plans for coming out. The third thing I would encourage you to work on is to work on loving yourself. The biggest lesson I've learned lately is about how important it is for me to love myself now, just as I am now. Too often, especially in the personal development self-help space, we are trained to become obsessed with who we can be in the future. And this is inspiring, of course, you know, like cast a vision for all these things you can improve and maybe write your obituary and read it every day. I mean, this is inspiring. It's not without merit, but being obsessed with the future version of you can only be inspiring for so long because the underlining implication is that this future self is only available to us after we have put in the work to attain it. This kind of thinking can be unhelpful and cause a lot of depression because you're so attached to someone you have not grown into yet or may never grow into. And so I want to encourage you to not be obsessed with the future version of you, but be obsessed with who you are now in all of your wonderful strengths and vulnerabilities. God loves who you are now, today, not who you will be once the work of sanctification is done, or once you work on finishing your maturity development or your spiritual development is over with. God loves who you are today. Can you imagine a parent spending 18 years being obsessed with who their toddler could be instead of delighting in who they are now at three or four or 14 years old. Okay. So many parents are totally obsessed with their expectations for their child, but that's not healthy. It's not healthy for them and it's not healthy for you. So love who you are now. Otherwise you risk fostering a lot of resentment and depression, even through this coming out process. Fourthly, I want to encourage you to read lots of queer fiction. If you're a gay man, read lots of books by gay men, especially gay fiction. If you are asexual, read books by and for asexual people or with asexual characters. Read LGBT fiction. It will be so helpful to you as you immerse yourself in the experiences and voices of people who are just like you. Side note, I'm currently working on my first novel. 
and it's in the genre of lesbian fiction. And so to help me grow as a writer, I've been reading a lot of lesbian fiction and lesbian romance. And it's been surprisingly healing for me to read stories by women who feel and act and think just like me. And so if you're an LGBT Christian, or you're just curious about queer literature, and you need some book recommendations, let me know, reach out to me on the socials. I would love to share some book recommendations with you. I've got quite a few that I've already read on my Goodreads, but let me know because I think this is so important to the coming out process. Stories help normalize and heal a lot of the stigma around us being who we are. And so immerse yourself in those stories. The fifth thing I would encourage you to do is to consider your own safety. Do you have somewhere else to live if your family kicks you out? Is it a safe place where you can stay for three to six months until you get on your feet? If not, please think through your options as you consider when to come out to your family and friends. The sixth thing, and this is probably the most important piece of advice on my list, is to consider seeing a secular therapist to provide for you the extra support you need as you navigate all of the fear and anxiety that comes from this big, big life change. Emphasis on secular. Spending regular time seeing a secular therapist will be so helpful to you as you learn to accept yourself and your family. Secular therapists can also help you develop techniques on how to cope with this big change in a healthy way. So I highly, highly recommend it. The seventh recommendation that I have for you is to come out to your friends first. Come out to your friends before you come out to your family. I was lucky enough to have a good friend at Shepherd's Church who I knew would still love me when I came out. And when I came out to my friend, I invited her to lunch and I told her that I had something really important to share with her. And for a while, she thought I was pregnant (laughs) until I finally said, no, I'm gay. She was really relieved, (laughs) but also caught off guard. Nevertheless, she affirmed that she loved me anyways. My friend did say things like, I still believe in the whole love the sinner, hate the sin thing. But she also told me that she loved me anyways. And I believed her. She never treated me differently. Not then, not now, because I'm, because I'm gay. And for that, I am so grateful. So I would encourage you to come out to your friends first and to practice that conversation with them before you do it with people who you may not be so sure about. And the final thing I would do before you come out is to find an LGBTQIA affirming church. It is so important that you get connected into a community that affirms all of who you are. Being at an affirming church will allow you to meet other queer people of faith who have already come out and who are living happy and full lives. Meeting them and getting to know them will be a blessing to you, providing you with a wonderful vision of what your life can be like after you have the conversation with your friends and family. As we close, I want to share just one more thing with you. A couple of weeks ago, I saw an episode on the L Word, Generation Q, where Max Sweeney, an OG trans man from the original series, did a cameo where he had a conversation with a younger trans man about becoming a father. Now, I'm going to tell you what Max told Micah with the most warmest, most loving smile. There's nothing to be afraid of. Don't be afraid. I 
am so full of joy right now because I am the one that gets to tell you how awesome it all is. And so here I am on the other side of the closet 14 years later, I'm out as a lesbian and I'm telling anyone who is willing to listen, who might be thinking about coming out, that it's totally worth it. This episode means so much to me because if you are looking for encouragement on your coming out journey, I get to be the one to tell you how awesome it is. In just a few months, my wife and I will be expecting our first child. And by that time, we'll have celebrated our second year wedding anniversary. I'm telling you, this woman is the best thing that ever happened to me. Her love and her joy and her smile and how I feel around her is a gift from heaven. Jen is absolutely the greatest blessing to me, and I cannot imagine my life without her. And these days when I journal, I journal lots of pictures. I journal pictures of our life together and pictures of the sonogram of the baby. And I still journal things that I am praying about, but they're not as intense and not as judgmental as they once were. These are prayers that are rooted in love and acceptance of who I am and the world around me. And these days, my journaling is less about and anxiety over the world not being the way it should be, as we are often taught as evangelicals to think about the world, but it's rooted in a lot of gratitude and a heart full of acceptance. And I pray that blessing upon you as no matter where you decide to live your life. As always, everything I say on this podcast is an offering, something to think about and consider. I'm not here to give you spiritual ultimatums, just food for thought as you navigate your own life and your own journey of faith. I hope that today's episode was a blessing to you that these five, six, seven, eight tips, I've lost count, but these tips and advice that they, that they help you on your own coming out journey. If there is anything on this list that you would like to add, please let me know. I would love to hear from you. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Ashley L. Hanks, or visit me on my website at ashleylhanks.com. Until next time, my name is Ashley, and you are listening to the Unlearning Podcast. Podcast.